Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked, and it is time for yours, mine, probably your dog's favorite show of the week. Probably the weekend. Let's face it. We got a lot of shows on this channel, Jeremy, and I think I think it's safe to say that of all the shows that run this weekend, Newsworthy might just be the number one show. Uh, unless Cher's doing another episode of Strong Style, then we get get our asses kicked in the demo with the, by that show. Eh, that's a monthly thing. And also, I try to run her shows on, like, a Thursday. <laughs> uh, it, it's always a busy weekend here on, on Overbook, though. We got this show. We got Tag Talk. You you allegedly do a show with Tim, though. So. No one wants to listen to that, especially while football's on. I've been True. told that football is very important to the American people. It is. It's not technically on while football's on. You guys go at noon. Football doesn't yeah. start till 1. I thought football just like was a 24 hour thing in the States where they just like ran pre-show. They show you the tailgating. You can like virtually tailgate with people in the parking lots. Like, is that not how it works? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have so much to learn. You're going to learn it when you come to, when you come to Ohio next weekend, Joel Pearl. I am legitimately looking forward to that. There are a lot of people that I'm going to meet for the first time. And uh, I'm very excited because a lot of y'all are going to meet uh, my, my wife for the first time. So there's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Very excited for that. Next week's Newsworthy is going to be uh, very interesting to put together because we are in transit on Saturday morning. And on Friday, we have to uh, move around a little bit ourselves. We'll talk about that one a little later, logistically speaking. Let's do it. It's Newsworthy. Newsworthy is the show. We pick five articles from the week that Jeremy wrote that either showed up on your news feed and were everywhere or just flew on by and you had no idea they existed. Jeremy Lambert, do you have anything to say before we hit that top five? Uh, no. Okay. Number five. <laughs> Tony Khan will comment on CM Punk or AEW All Out Altercation. He says that MJF's return has been huge. So TK appeared on Rock 105.3's The Show, was asked a whole lot of questions, gave a very good interview here, and I know you got a whole lot of quotes from it. Uh, let's talk about specifically this. Let's talk about why this one and not the typical TK busted open uh, stuff that we would normally talk about. Why the rock, uh, why the show from Rock 105.3? So Tony, he's back doing interviews, everybody. He took, uh, I think he took two weeks off. Basically, after All Out, didn't do his usual busted open spots. Uh, so took two weeks off of that. And then ahead of Grand Slam week, he started making the media rounds again. And you can call it like the timing. You know, if Grand Slam wasn't this past week, would he have done the media rounds? I don't know. I, maybe he thought enough time had died down from All Out to where, regardless, even if he didn't have a big show like Grand Slam to promote, he still would have made the media rounds. Not sure. Uh, anyway, he made the media rounds because he had Grand Slam to promote. Did a lot of interviews. I listened to like six or seven Tony Khan interviews uh, this past week. And different different insight on different stuff. Some were good. Some were the usual, his like promotion stuff. This one stood out because people wanted to know about the all out stuff. And because he hadn't done any interviews, hadn't commented on it, it was still a topic that needed to kind of be addressed. And... You know, he goes on Busted Open. I, I've said this before. Busted Open treats him like they're his best friend and he's just going to promote. He's there to hype the show. Not always asked like the toughest questions on that show. Sometimes he just gives an answer he's not asked about, like the Dustin Rhodes stuff. He's like, I saw this. Let me address it. Uh, not even asked about it. 
I didn't expect him to be asked about it on Busted Open. I did like his, uh, he was asked about, um, you know, what'd you learn from the last couple of weeks with dealing with everything? And I love that answer that he gave. I, I know I put that over on Twitter, um, but I love that answer. Back to Rock 105.3, right? I think that's, I think that's right. Um, yeah, your mic's muted, Joel. Good job. Um, <laughs> uh, back to this one. So they set it up. This is a local station. I think it's San Diego. So they set it up and the, the main host was a wrestling fan. The, the other hosts were not wrestling fans. And before they bring Tony on, like they, they're about to go to break before they bring Tony on. And he says like, Hey, all, all this shit happened at all out. Um, CM Punk's comments. There was an altercation. They had to strip people of titles. Like he's, he was clearly a big wrestling fan and he's setting it all up of like all this stuff happening all out. Like there's really interesting stuff going on in AEW right now. Can't wait to talk to Tony Khan. And I'm like, Oh, these people are going to like ask about it. And keep in mind, I've listened to a couple interviews with Tony by this point. Nobody's asked about this stuff yet. So when I'm listening to this, I'm like, Oh, these people are going to ask about it. Uh, so they bring him on. They ask the generic question first, and then he gets into it. He is like, hey, CM Punk's made these comments at All Out. What's going through your head as you're sitting there and he's making these comments? Which I thought was a very fair question to, to ask. And, you know, it's not just a, a basic like, hey, CM Punk said this. What happened afterwards? It's like, what's going through your mind as this guy is saying all these things about your company and everything? Tony... Like it's he's well within his right to just give a no comment, like not going to comment on that. And that's exactly what he did. And he, you know, he said no comment. And then he promoted grand slam and everything. The interviewer was not letting this go. He is like, come on, I need a little bit more than that. Like, you know, you stripped CM Punk of a title. He's out. Like what, you know, how did this affect things? Like what happened? Why did you have to do this? And Tony, again, he's like, not going to comment on that. Watch Brian Danielson and John Moxley tonight uh, for a Dynamite Grand Slam. Still not given anything. And then they they asked another. Uh, they talked about something else for a little bit, but then Tony brings up MJF, and so the interviewer again circles back to it. He's like, "MJF's return, big thing. Do you think the CM Punk stuff overshadowed that? Like, you know, what? Explain that to me." And again, Tony's like, "Not going to comment on that." You know, MJF is back, big star for the company. Like, it's great to have him back and everything. And then that was kind of the the end of the interview. But I found it interesting that he addressed it. He was asked about it. This interviewer, I really liked how he set everything up. I think if you're, like, trying to interview people and you're trying to ask, like, tough questions and you're trying to press, even after a no comment, listen to this interviewer and how he reframes questions, how he's able to still tie it in to relevant questions like the MJF stuff to just try to get an answer out of it. It was a very good little back and forth battle. I was saying, you don't want to ever like battle somebody in an interview, but if you're looking to get like a, a, a big answer out of somebody, if you're looking for that person to address a big topic and they're just not going to do it. You kind of got to pull little teeth there. And I thought this interviewer handled it very well. And Tony, again, he can say whatever he wants to say. I didn't expect him to ever detail anything. There's investigation. There's, you know, the people involved, they're still suspended. They're major people involved. It's a lot to talk about. Rock 103.5, probably not the place you're going to talk about it anyway. Uh, I didn't expect anything from Tony. I thought Tony did a good job of handling it of like, no comment. Let me focus on what's important to my company right now. So it was a very interesting and fun little battle between interviewer and interviewee to 
if, if you're interested in interviewing or if you're in a position of Tony Khan where you know maybe you're going to have to address, address tough questions, here's kind of a way to go about it. So I really, I really like this. And to my knowledge, this is really the only time Tony had been pressed on this kind of stuff because other people might have just like mentioned it in passing, didn't want to get into it, didn't want to talk about it. I don't know if Rock 10513 is ever going to interview Tony Khan ever again after this, but you know what? They interviewed him for this and they asked the questions that they thought were important and they that they wanted to address. And I credit them for actually doing this. So I really love this interview on on multiple levels. So first of all, I mute myself because I don't want to uh, have anything go off or me Fair. say anything while you are speaking. I tried to be respectful Fair. of that. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two, I, I, so everything you said, first of all, that was deep, deep. And, and I appreciate you going into that much detail about, uh, everything revolving around Tony Khan on this interview. Uh, it definitely paints a good story, uh, paints a good picture, I should say. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to turn this into a conversation about, uh, WWE versus AEW, but I think there is something to be said about the way both companies handle a situation like this, right? With, with an investigation that's ongoing, if you're WWE, you have an entire PR team or a PR firm that's outsourced that will literally send you a list of things that you cannot talk about. And if you do, you know, interviews over or whatever the case may be, um, doesn't feel like AEW is doing that or that anyone's really prepping an interviewer for that kind of thing. Because if Tony gets a question about an ongoing investigation, uh, he's not going to comment on it. He's made that choice or he is, that is, or that is what is actively happening. Therefore, he's not going to comment on it. Uh, do you think that maybe there is a healthy balance? Do you think that maybe AEW would benefit from a PR team, someone who could actually say, hey, uh, clean this up, don't talk about this, because otherwise you'll be wasting your time, which, by the way, directly would affect you and the work that you do, because otherwise you're going to be listening to can't comment all day. So how do you feel? Uh, PR team, would it enhance or would it take away? What do you think? I think he kind of did have a little bit of a PR team, and that's why they kept him off of interviews for two weeks, because otherwise he would have just gone on, done busted open, and then maybe it would have been addressed. Maybe it wouldn't have been addressed. And maybe he would have said more than he should have said. But I do think he was just told, like, hey, don't comment on this. And, you know, Tony Tony can be very emotional. Sometimes he will comment on stuff that maybe he doesn't need to comment on and give more detail when he doesn't. He can be – and it obviously depends on the mood. We saw him after the the – all-out press conference where he's like, I'm not taking shit from WWE anymore. He was very fired up about stuff. And clearly that was a lot of heat of the moment stuff, especially after all the stuff that happened with CM Punk. But now he had two weeks to kind of be coached on stuff or at least reflect on things. And I think this does go back to the, um, the, the busted open comments where it's like, Hey, what have you learned in these two weeks? And just like, you know, people are by your side. People are there for you. And, you know, people care about this company and we're, we're just going to, we're going to battle through it. And it showed that people care because the Daniel Jericho Moxley, they said all of these things to me and they said they were here and everything. It was a very like human answer and human element from Tony that I think a lot of people, myself included, I think even Tony Khan included because he's making Saudi Arabia jokes in other interviews. Like you, you don't think about these things when you're just trying to get your jokes off, trying to get your hot takes off and things like that. But there's a very human element to a lot of this stuff. And that's why I love Tony's answer 
on busted open radio. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he did probably have a little bit of a, a PR stuff behind it because that's why he was able that, or that's why he didn't do interviews for, for two weeks. And I think a lot of these outlets, maybe I, I don't, okay. I don't know this for certain. I have no insight on this. This is just my own sort of speculation and whatnot. I do think a lot of these outlets just kind of realize they need to hit certain points. They don't want to get into certain things, especially if they have good access to Tony. They're not going to press on this kind of stuff because they're worried about losing that. That's why I think Busted Open handles stuff the way they handled it because they do the weekly segment with Tony and they don't want to jeopardize that by pressing on a bunch of stuff. And they might know they're just going to get no comment. So it's like, eh, we're not going to press that. That's not what our audience wants to hear. They just want to hear Tony hype everything up and things like that rock 105.3 they probably ain't talking to tony too often not like they're coming to san diego all that often or anything like that so they're like hey we got access to this guy right now what do we give a shit if we ask him these questions finally i would be remiss if i didn't point out the photo you chose for this particular article i don't even remember what i chose oh the one with him next to punk yeah, punk yeah, drinking yeah. and Tony looking completely <laughs> dejected and absolutely yeah. miserable. Oh God, that photo is gonna live in infamy. I I, I swear Let's to God. See, I I gave on the the busted open one where he talked about what he learned. I did the nice photo of him and Jericho smiling and stuff. There's a reason I people will credit me for my headlines and they're very good. My thumbnail game. I mean, I got a T-shirt made out of one of them. I was gonna say you made like, a, the, you manifested a T-shirt. Yes, like my thumbnails, like they tie into the headline. It's a you know, there, there's levels to this, Joel. There's levels to this. I respect the game. Let's move on. Let's go to number four. We we we've already been talking. We just spent ten minutes on that first uh, that first article. So maybe we have a really good set of uh, of of articles to talk about today. So let's move on. Number four. Ronda Rousey says the White Rabbit theory is Bray Wyatt returning. We're back to Ronda Rousey's game streams. We talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago how much fun they are, how much she puts into her game streams and uh, interacts with the crowd while enjoying her game that she's playing uh i guess someone must have asked her and she had a comment about the white rabbits so first of all it's saturday so bray wyatt appeared carrying cross joined him alexa bliss was there they're making like this mad hatter alice in wonderland stable so i can't believe that happened jeremy lambert it was amazing but let's talk about first ronda rousey's theory did ronda rousey join that 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 stable too I mean, you gotta you gotta stay tuned to Extreme Rules. I actually think Liv Morgan is going to join the the stable at Extreme Rules. But yeah, it was a wild night on SmackDown with, with Bray, Cross, Braun. They brought back EC3, which was a little little curious at, at this point. But you know, he's never failed the drug test. Uh, Alexa, just a, just the whole group there, Joe. The whole CYN group essentially. Flip Gordon, kind of surprised to see him there. That one was a uh, Triple H might have to be asked about that one. Crazy times in WWE right now. Austin Aries as well, Joel. You didn't even mention Austin Aries. Well, the problem with no, the problem with mentioning Austin Aries is that he's like the Cheshire Cat in that he's super small and just no one pays attention to him. (laughs) Uh, The White Rabbit stuff. Yeah, by the time people listen to this, it might be dated. It might actually be Bray Wyatt. but everyone's got their theory. I know Sean wrote an article of like most people are theorizing that it is Bray Wyatt. Nobody's really comments on it. And Ronda Rousey commented on it. So I, I just found it a little interesting. I figured it'd get some 
attention, everything. It did. Yeah, I like I like Rhonda's game streams because she'll just say whatever, and she's she's good at just interacting with everybody. I just found it curious that she did comment, and I once again want to praise WWE that the way they've handled this whole marketing stuff. I do wonder. I don't think uh, Rhonda is going to get in any type of like trouble because she's Rhonda. I do wonder if like they didn't don't actually want people to like publicly comment and be like, Hey, it's Bray. I think it's Bray Wyatt. And it's like, well, all right, let's not like totally just give it away here. Like Rhonda's probably in the know about nothing when it comes to this stuff. But I do wonder if like, Hey, maybe just don't comment on this kind of stuff. Maybe just say like, I don't know. I find it interesting. Watch SmackDown type of thing. If Rhonda stops game streaming for a little while, well, we'll we might have our answer on that. Um, oh, no, the PR yeah, I, team got to Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But I do like that that Ronda's not afraid to comment on stuff. And I have enjoyed the the White Rabbit stuff that they've been doing with the, the marketing. And the payoff last night was was absolutely insane. Wild. Never thought I would see the White Rabbit narrative. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I have to say because the Rousey story is very simple. We talked about the gaming streams. Uh, number three. Kurt Angle says there's an idea for him at WrestleMania 39 in a non wrestling capacity so kurt angle spoke to the Rassing show which by the way is a hilarious name for a show i have to put that over very good stuff uh and had plenty to say i know that uh kurt angle does have uh quite an extensive interview uh list he he's not afraid to talk but uh this this particular interview a why'd you pick it and b what uh what'd you come from from picking it I mean, I picked it because it was out there and I listened to it. So Kurt Angle, yeah, he he's always going to say some stuff. So so that's great. And this wasn't even like a WWE question. It was an AEW question because Kurt has been asked, or Kurt, Kurt has said he's been offered a deal by AEW in, in the past. And the interviewer, they said like, hey, like, did you not take this because you were worried it was going to affect your WWE relationship? And Kurt was like, yeah, basically. And, you know, he returned on Raw. He was on Raw a few weeks ago. Um and he said then on his podcast, he's like, you know, we've talked about doing other stuff that in the line didn't provide any more detail. And then on this one, he said like, oh yeah, we talked about doing something at WrestleMania. And he was asked like, oh, what's the idea for WrestleMania? And he wanted to clarify like non-wrestling capacity, just an idea. Don't know if anything's going to happen then or there. But I, I like, I do like this show. This show, the, the wrestling show, uh, yeah, great name. Uh, they've done interviews in the past and I think, I think the guy's a, a very good interviewer and he asks good questions and he gets good answers out, out of guests. So my, my main goal is just like kind of putting over the show and just the interviews that they get. Kurt was, Kurt just gave some, some good answers. He's also asked about his, uh, last match as well, like, or doing another match because he kind of hinted on his show, like, Hey, Maybe I'll do another match. Of course, he just had double knee surgery. And on this one, he clarified, like, yeah, if I do another one, it's not going to be for a while. But like, I might have an itch to do it down the line. He still wants to face Cena if that's going to be his last match. He knows. I did like he, like, put over Cena. He's like, John's still in his prime. He's going to carry me to a great match and everything. Like, they can go out there and just work a headlock for five minutes. Crowd's going to go crazy for it. Hit some big moves. It's going to be great. He doesn't have to, you know, be prime Kurt Angle like people would expect, you know, against a match like AJ Styles or, or somebody like that who's at the top of their game. Um, yeah, I, I just really like, I like this show. I like the interviewer. So I wanted to show him a little bit of love. Everyone go check it out. The wrestling, 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 wrestling show. Rassing show. Rassing. It's easy, easy for you to say. Not for me, but it's a great uh, name and yes. they do good work. 
The interviewer's name, by the way, is AJ Singh. Uh, while you were Great. talking, I had a chance to look it up because I wanted us to put him over because I know you were, and I want to put a name to the face from the article. Uh, yeah, really good stuff. I, I, I was um, really happy to see that, uh, you know, the, Kurt Angle had some interesting stuff to say. There's been a lot of just like repetitive stuff. And like you said, you know, he has this idea to work with John Cena. And I'm thinking to myself, like, they're going to work the PPC Paint Arena in Pittsburgh and it's going to be a Conrad production and it's going to be a whole thing. They're going to, they're just going to mix it up, buddy. And it's going to be a big six man tag of some sorts. But no, uh, good stuff. Kurt Angle has plenty to say. Should we move on to number two? Yes. Let's do it. Sean Waltman also talking about getting back in the ring, says, if I get back in the ring again, it's going to be a big deal like the Royal Rumble. Sean Waltman speaking at a K&S virtual signing. Uh, very straightforward, simple question. Sean Waltman has had a couple of matches from last year, unfortunately was injured in that match with Joey Janela. Uh, talk to me. What, uh, what brought up doing this article and why we're talking about it today? I thought, I thought it was just, it was newsworthy. Um, because Waltman did have the, the comeback. And I thought at the time, like he was setting himself up for kind of a big sort of comeback tour. Um, he got himself in good shape. He wanted to do a bunch of matches. He wanted to do a Rumble appearance last year and it just never happened. He, he said that WWE just wasn't interested in it. Okay. Um, they, so he did the, the GCW matches. Unfortunately, did get hurt. Unfortunately, like the, the tag match, he looked fine. The Janela match, he was clearly blown up. He was kind of blown up in the tag match too. Uh, he was getting his feet back under him and everything. Then he suffered the injury and, you know, he's, he's an older Sean Waltman. It happens. We all get old and wrestlers, they, they unfortunately age right in front of us sometimes. I was looking forward to Waltman's return. It got blown up for, for a couple of reasons, just him working himself back into shape. And then unfortunately the injury happened. And now he seems a lot more. He at peace, maybe more stable in his uh, thinking of like, yeah, look, if I'm going to do this again, I ain't just coming back to like try to do like an indie loop or anything like that. And I'm not saying that he was thinking like knocking this as a, a GCW thing, because I think he did cherish those matches. But now he's like, look, I don't think I got a lot more in me. If I'm going to do this, like it's going to be something worthwhile, like just like a Royal Rumble appearance where I ain't got to do too much. Maybe if he can somehow work his way into like a, a tag team match on on some other WWE pay-per-view, a Saudi show or something, I'm sure he'd be fine doing that. But he's like, yeah, I ain't got that much more in me, especially coming off this injury and everything. So if I'm doing this, it's going to be a big deal. I think he'll get his Rumble appearance next year. I would actually be kind of surprised if he does not get his rumble appearance next year, especially with triple H back in charge. Now two things, one, absolutely. And I think the rumble is a perfect place for um, a lot of these nostalgia guys to come back. I think that there is room for them uh, in different spots in the rumble. It's low impact, you know, in the grand scheme of wrestling. Uh, and that will be the perfect place for someone like Sean to come back. And if he can go, then I agree with you. Doing a tag or some sort of multi-person match, uh, even in Saudi, would be would be good. So my question then, Jeremy, becomes: Do you have do you have X Pac and Kane reunite, or do you go big and you reunite X Factor? Oh God! I just assume that all the click guys are going to be in the rumble and fucking Nash might win the whole damn thing at this point. That That's how, you know, he's, 
He's what, 60 now? Other people complain about being old and tired. 60-year-old Kevin Nash going to win the damn Royal Rumble. Like that, that's how you book it, Triple H. It's true. The man is definitely, definitely old enough to win a Royal Rumble. Okay, real quickly. We didn't pick the the Nash headline where he was talking about CM Punk. But I do want (laughs) to... I do want to comment on it because Nash is like, motherfucker, you're 42, complaining about being old and tired. I'm in the ring with you at 55, and you're talking about you can hear my knees, click, click. Like, are you getting injured again and everything? Like, Nash is brilliant. I love listening to this man talk because he just says shit, and it's great. He had the receipts. No, he had the receipts. Oh, yeah. He he proved it. It was great. My favorite thing, my favorite thing about this is, like, I've said this to, to my buddy Sam before. Kevin Nash can talk. And he says it with such conviction and he believes it so much in his own mind. People are like, yeah, that's probably true. Like, fuck it. Like, what what is Kevin Nash? Like, he, what is he lying about? It's like, well, it's like, why, why is Kevin Nash going to lie about this stuff? Yeah, that's probably true. And my favorite part about this is same thing in this video, but he's like, oh, CM Punk is 42. CM Punk's 43. I I was in the ring with you when I was 55. You were saying this shit. Nash, that was Kevin Nash was 52 when he was saying that. It's like, he got the ages wrong, which is all facts that can be proven. But people are just going to accept like, yeah, fuck, CM Punk, 42. Kevin Nash, he was 55 with that segment. No one's going to care to fact check this stuff. It's like, if Kevin Nash says it, must be good. And it's so, it's such a good, people just don't, they just, they're they're just going to read the headline, right? So people are just going to be like, yeah, Kevin Nash says it, must be true. Fuck CM Punk anyway. Kevin Nash is great. What a guy. What a guy Kevin Nash is. Do you remember what age you were at all points in your life when you're, when you're reminiscing? I give it to Kevin. I I think he just had a moment, but also it was a very, very good segment and a very good article. Cause if you watch that interview or that, I guess it's a conversation because it's his podcast. Uh, he, he, the way he delivered that whole just soliloquy was perfect. I really enjoyed it. He, he's brilliant. Brilliant man, Kevin Nash. One of the greatest workers of our, our time. Absolutely wild. The guy should come back and have a world title run the likes we've never seen. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> number one. Uh, so this, so full disclosure, we record in the mornings and uh, this article just dropped and a lot of people have their opinions on it. So here we are. Number one. MJF could cut off seven inches of his dick, still pack enough heat to murder a little person during sex. Just talk about it, because I think we just got All right. demonetized. All right. Yeah, probably. Um, there's a lot that, that went into this. So a lot of disclosure. Um, this was not the original article I picked to talk about MJF. It was going to be... Uh, the, the interview he did with Awani where he explained the plane ticket, the three months off, all that stuff that's like actually wrestling news, not stuff about his dick. Uh, I had to edit this headline a little bit. Think about that. I did edit this headline because this, this was the fiance's recommendation. And I was very, he's asked and he said, the question is, would you rather have, so this is ask the internet with Barstool Sports, where you're just asked like the most fucking out of line questions you can think of um, and or answer the internet is what it's called. And so it's just questions. The internet is going to ask you, right? So he's asked a bunch of like out of line stuff. And the question is, uh, would you rather have sex with two seven feet tall women or two midgets 
Midgets was used. I almost used midgets in the headline because that was the word that was used in the article. And then the fiance looked at it and was like, don't do that. That's going to piss people off. And I was like, yeah, good call on that. Thank you. So she deserves some credit for editing my headline because it was early. I Hopefully I would have realized it, but I don't want to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I would have caught this. I wasn't going to use it. And this is just, I'm trying to get people the behind the scenes of how things work in my brain. And when it comes to this stuff, edit people. That's what I'm trying to say. If you're unsure about something and you're like, oh, this is questionable. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Ask somebody before you do this. I was actually worried that just... You don't have to live with them either, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a helpful, but not yeah. a requirement. Yeah, yeah, yes. Um, I was worried that just running this article, period, was going to get me in trouble. And look, Sean's not up yet. We're recording this before Sean's up, so I could I could get in trouble. Might, this show might not air tomorrow. This headline might might get completely pulled, even though it's out there now, and uh, we shall see. Does uh, Sean yeah. know that Overbooked exists? No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> okay, we're fine then. Yeah, fortunately. He he'll he'll wake up, he'll look at the, the fightful news feed and retweet a bunch of stuff and then he'll be like, Oh boy, what has Jeremy done now? Um yeah, and then I'll get fired or something. Oh, he might actually be up. Maybe. I don't know. Uh he did Oh he retweeted it. Something. Yeah, All he right. saw it. He's seen it. Okay, good. He has not messaged me about it yet, so <laughs> I don't think I'm fired. Let's just let, let's just give people an idea. As we record this, it's nine thirty a.m. Eastern. Okay, Sean normally gets up at like eleven thirty. No, at ten ish. Ten. Yeah, he likes he to also brag that he sleeps like until ten. Yeah. Anyway, dick chopping. Uh, yeah, I yeah, and dorks are gonna you know slow news day. It's eight thirty, motherfuckers. The day has not started yet. It's not a slow news day. I just got bored after doing New Japan results and listened to MJF. It's a six-minute interview. It doesn't take long to do this shit. All right? Jerks. It's, um, an, it's an addendum to his actual Barstool interview. Yeah. Like, Amazing. It took me... I did this. Here's how Here's how my life works, Joel Pearl and all you, all you geeks out there trying to bury me for slow news day. I took the kids to school... I wrote this, listened to this article, listened to the interview, wrote this article, took more kids to school, and went grocery shopping for a birthday party, and then reacted to all this, all within the span of about half an hour. All right? So I got shit done. Slow news day. I've been up for three hours at this point doing this shit. I'm going to do more. Fuck. I've been up for an hour and a half, and I've put my child down for a nap, and he just woke up. So that's good news for everybody. Motherfucker, um, I'm 34. Don't tell me it's the slow news day. It's 8:30 a.m. It ain't it ain't 11:30. I'm writing this stuff. Must be a slow news day. It's 8:30 a.m. So, as we start to wrap up, I think you wanted to comment specifically on CM, uh, not CM, sorry, on MJF and the the differences of his. Um, his interviews and what people should probably take away from, yes. from an MJF interview. Okay. So when it was announced, he was going to be on Helwani's show. People were like, Oh shit, this is going to be big. And it was, uh, and then he did uh, the, the other barstool thing with the, the other barstool guy that wasn't as fun as this interview. Uh, it wasn't as good as Helwani's interview. And people were, I think maybe surprised that MJF was going to talk about this stuff because it's like, well, MJF ain't going to hold back. 
Like he's going to tell it like it is and all this stuff. MJF's fucking brilliant. Okay. Like if, if you, you don't see it, I don't know what to tell you because he's in character and it, you can say that's his character or that's him and all this stuff, whatever. But he's also putting over the company and he's not going to say anything that's going to get him in trouble. He didn't get in trouble for the first Hawani interview because of shit he said. They were like, oh, he brought up his contract. Like, he brought up his contract in, in promos on television. He got in trouble, allegedly, reportedly, because, like, he just didn't clear it with PR. And Helwani is tied to WWE. Like, he's tied to WWE through BT Sports. So that's why he reportedly got in trouble for stuff. Not because of anything he actually said in that interview. Um, like, it probably would have been cleared in the first place. That's why this one was cleared as well. MJF is so smart at this stuff. He said as much as he needed to say, and people are going to take it as he's either in character or he's not in character, and this is how he actually feels. But he didn't say anything that got himself in trouble when it came to, like, he was asked about, like, oh, did CM Punk overshadow you? It's like, well, did you hear the reaction? Like, no, everything was great. Oh, what'd you make of CM Punk's comments? I don't know. It doesn't concern me. He even called MJF a prick and a child and everything, and MJF's like, Fuck, doesn't concern me. What do I care? It, all this stuff is like, I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. He's like, you got to be straight with me. Like, you got to say it outright to me. And so many of these interviewers are afraid to just say it outright that they're just like, ah, okay, well, let's just move on and everything. MJF's really fucking good at this stuff. And anybody who thought that he was going to just be like, well, let me bury AEW and everything. No. MJF's going to continue to praise AEW while still mentioning WWE and stuff because he can get away with it because he knows how this shit works. That's why when he says, when he says like, you know, I'm trying to make enough money for like 10 generations down the line, like that's the kind of thinking this man has. And that's why he probably will end up making, I don't know about that kind of money. That's a lot of money to try to be making in wrestling. But that's the kind of, like, that's the kind of thinking you need when it comes to this stuff. And that's why he will make close to that kind of money. I would imagine. So just credit to MJF for, for knowing how this shit works and be being really good at this stuff. And credit to you, Jeremy Lambert for being really friggin' good at this job. I'm just tired, Joel. I'm just tired. I hear you. Hey, next week, next week we'll celebrate. First time you and I are going to meet in person. Nah. Who's going to pick me up from the airport? I don't. I thought you were getting a bus. Oh, yeah. We're going to take the bus. That's right. That's very upsetting. I'll say hi to Mrs. Joel Pearl and be nice to her. But you, you should. She, she's great. I'm, I'm, I will be there. I have other people there that I'll want to see. Jeremy, plug your stuff. Over me? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I quite like the fiance more than you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> plug it. Let's go. I don't know what I'm plugging. Read my uh, shit or don't care. Care at this point. Slow Tired. news day. What? Slow news day. Yeah, slow news day, you <laughs> dorks. By the way, I won't rant about my. <laughs> Should I do it? Let's let's do it. Fuck, nobody watches this show, right? Let's go. We'll clip it for the uh, for scraps. We'll tell Joel. Tyler to put it out there. Joel, I tweet this thing about CM Punk is like the warrior, the the 
the old uh, the ultimate uh the golden state warriors yes yeah yeah, yeah. he has great matches memorable moments no one's gonna remember it or most people aren't gonna remember it because he blew a 3-1 lead this is a fucking put myself over this is a perfect analogy like this is this is just great because CM Punk did have memorable moments. I don't care what anybody says. The, the his return was huge. He had some good matches. The feud with MJF was extremely memorable. People have called that the best feud this year. Um, mm-hmm. The the Eddie Kingston stuff was great. I know he got hurt and everything, but like still, uh, like there were plenty of memorable moments. You can even say that the Hangman stuff and and everything like that was memorable. Uh, maybe for wrong reasons, still memorable, still stood out. The matches were very good, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it also led to his first world title in, you know, seven or eight years. Yeah. So, like, it, it meant something to a fan. So I agree with you. Like, he had a ton of memorable moments leading up to it. So, so Mil- go ahead, continue. Million Dollar Gate for the first yeah. time in AEW. Biggest buy, his return match was the biggest buy rate in AEW. Like, no one can say this man didn't have, like, top moments and the company, just like the, the 15, 16 Golden State Warriors with them going uh, the 80 or 70, 73 wins, Steph going insane, all this stuff. And then all people remember about that Warrior scene, though, is they blew the 3-1 lead to the Cavs. That's all people remember about that team, at least most people, because you got to get your jokes off. Same thing here. He blew with 3-1 lead by just fucking throwing chairs and saying all these comments, and, and we all got our jokes off and stuff. This analogy was dead fucking perfect. The people who matter to me told me it was perfect. That's all I care about. In the in the what's CM Punk's fucking pinned tweet? Don't take advice from people who don't matter to you. I don't care about the opinions of people who don't matter to me. But my mentions were just oh, it's actually like this basketball team and this year. It's oh, actually no. like the Jazz team that lost to the Bulls, or maybe it's like this Suns team that lost to the Bulls. No, you dorks. I had it right the first time. I don't need your fucking analogy out there because mine was already correct. And if you don't think his mem- uh, his moments were memorable and stuff and you didn't like his work, fine. You can't deny the impact he had on AEW and all the things he did and, and all the, 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 the television he created and the stuff that happened. And maybe it didn't impact you. It clearly impacted a lot of people. And the numbers back that up. So don't don't tell me that like his run actually sucked. They didn't have any great matches. His promos were trash. He didn't nobody cared. It's like, no, the numbers tell you tell me that you're wrong. These dorks in my fucking mentions. This is why I don't want any followers, Joel. Everybody unfollow me. You see? There. Unfollow. Unsubscribe. Fuck. Jeremy, I live by two rules on Twitter. Actually, three rules on Twitter. One. Get your your quality filter, make it as high as humanly possible so that only people with registered email addresses and phone numbers are the, the, the replies that you see. That's number one. Number two, don't argue. Pardon? I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah. It's in the settings. I, I highly recommend it for everyone. Number two, um, I highly recommend that uh, if somebody has a wrestling avatar or a anime avatar, don't interact with them. Not worth it. I don't because, interact with any of these people. I read their replies and I'm just like, all right, fuck off. Number three, the reason why you don't interact with anime or wrestler avatars is because they're either under the age of 21 or over the age of 65. And those brains are either fully developed or fully mushing out. They've already made their decisions. They're not worth talking to. The only 
only person I replied to was like, you should put over Brian Danielson. Like, I didn't get a t-shirt created for Brian Danielson. Like, I don't tell, like, I don't praise him every time he comes to the ring. Ah. Fired up today, Joel. I'm a, apparently 34 is just aged. That's what happens, by the way. Old, tired, I work with children. Fuck. I'm older than you, and your bosses are older than you. This water is delicious. Good stuff. Don't Walmart. Walmart water. They're open twenty four seven. I highly recommend Walmart purified drinking water. I'm glad to hear that Walmart is open because I'm going to need that twenty four seven. Don't follow Jeremy Lambert eighty eight. You can follow me. I am at Joel Pearl. I might listen to you if you have if you. Basically, if you follow one of those three rules, I will, you know, figure myself out. Five Overbook, we do stuff every single day. We drop content every day. Sometimes we don't, but, you know, there's always something to be made up from it. So just, you know, cope, I guess, right? Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers.